We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pal Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. As you can see, I got Ryan Lacell from Rock Sports Network in studio riding shotgun with us this evening. And we're here previewing... You know what? Before we even talk about this nonsense, because I, I got angry on Sunday and said I wasn't even going to this fucking game. Um, here's... I think I made a mistake. And before you ask, no, it wasn't uh, deciding to... Sunday Drew. It, it wasn't me deciding to spend a whole week trying to defend Ken Dorsey only to watch him. It's almost like my draft takes. Like, oh, Drew believes in me. I better shit my pants in public just to show everyone that Drew stinks. It's not me. It's Drew. He's he's the reverse King Midas in all of this. It's my fault, guys. I'm the reason that Ken Dorsey stinks on ice. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go live in the mountains alone by myself like the abominable snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm fucking, I, I'm telling you, I'm this close. But I made a mistake on Sunday. So I fried up some chicken wings. A lot of you saw the tweet. I just, I'd had enough. I said, you know what? Nothing matters. We're all going to die anyway. Fuck it. Here's, here's two dozen wings. We're doing that with dinner. And my wife's never going to complain about a chicken wing. Hmm. Gave my son his first chicken wing. He asked. He was like, can, Daddy, can I have chicken? And I said, sure, kid. And I, I mind you, it went well. He was dipping them in the uh, Q42 Kansas City sauce, which the kid's obsessed with. He ate five wings, which I think for a three-year-old is pretty yeah, impressive. That's good. But this is where I think I made a critical mistake. 
because I know the difficulty, or at least in my head, it made more sense. I gave him flat wings mm. and I pre-cracked it for him. And he took the wing and he was kind of eating on it and then eating around. Chris, what if I have just now, like that's his first chicken wing. What if I have inadvertently created another flat wing truther out here? Oh, yeah. I may have just, like, this is the thing about parenting you don't think about in the moment. Where you go, I may have just made a decision that impacts this child's life forever. Let I me mean, tell you what you do. Let me tell you what you do. You got to make chicken legs. That's like your next chicken that you have to make. Chicken legs. So then he can hold it, you know, a giant chicken leg, and eat it like a primitive gorilla like yourself. And then it's next time you make wings, next week, he'll see the drum, and then his brain might connect with the chicken leg. Oh, this looks like a tiny chicken leg. I like eating that chicken leg, and so that's how you transition him out of being a flat truther. I got to do something, because, like, Ryan... Well, what you could do is you could convert his brother to a drum guy, and then problem solved going forward. See, here's the problem. Tommy strikes me as a drum guy. Tommy, my two children couldn't be more opposite right now with where they are in their development. Like, um, one of them, perfect perfect encapsulation. Back-to-back weekends, they both got stung by bees. Mm. The oldest cried. He was upset. There was tweezers and a lot of tears and some ice packs. My youngest... He barely registered it to the point where we had to chase him down and actually like grab his arm and look at it. And of course, there's still a singer in there. Didn't care. One of them is cut from a different cloth. Yeah. And so he, in that way, he strikes me as a drum guy. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's already like that natural evolution is going to happen. Yeah. I just think about what if Chris, I've pushed him into with this one small choice, pushed him into being a flat wing guy. Like now what? Like... He could be the kid who's afraid to learn how to drive when he's 16. He could mm-hmm. end up with low T by the time he's 22. Like, I don't know. These are the decisions. He'll be the last. He's picking a chicken wing. He'll be the last off training wheels. Well, what it does. Uh, what it, he'll be riding training wheels when he's 11. What it, what it does is it puts a lot of pressure on you to figure out what his first beer is going to be. <laughs> like, like it, all the pressure. Yeah, because if you screw up the chicken wings again, he's going to meet a, a, a you know, he's, he's going to meet a drumstick girl. You know, and he's going to be fine, right? They're going to split things down the yeah. middle, 50-50, everyone's happy. But you can't counter a flat guy with, like, a Mick Ultra as his first No, beer, right? no. Like, you can't go no. that far in that direction. In fact, just to try to bring things back the other way, maybe his first beer has to be, like, a Steel Reserve. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> mo- like a Molson Black. You know, like a like a Keystone original, a Keystone. <laughs> something to put some hair on his chest. I was actually talking about this at a party uh, the other night. Um, the idea that in college we were all Keystone guys. Yeah. It was the most easily accessible beer. It was always in stock, but it was always light or ice. Yeah. And then one day somebody brought the red cans, the red cans. Yeah. And we thought we were the fanciest people on earth. We have Keystone lager. Yeah, it's the pre- Keystone Premium, the original, <laughs> the OG. So, yeah, so his first beer can't be like anything with light as the last word has to be out of the equation. You have to go something full bodied. You may have to go Guinness. I mean, you may just have to lean all the way into it as his first beer. But that—that's how you counter. I, I think you know 
you always remember your first, so I think you might be a little too far gone on the flat wings, but you got to start counteracting that with some some, <laughs> see, now, some other is, things. See, now, as you're saying this, you're talking about Guinness. I go, well, if you're talking about Guinness with a, a kid's first beer, you might as well go whole hog and just give him a shot of whiskey. Sure. But, but here's the thing. Growing up, my mother whiskeyed my gums mm-hmm. and all my brothers, and I can absolutely remember there being a night where me and my brothers had just had my wife was there it was my wife's first christmas with my family we had just had the gear family brawl in the kitchen it was me and my brothers roughhousing i think i've sent you the pictures Mm -hmm. i had one of them in a kimura i fish hooked one of them like it was it's a fight like it's like four christmases going on inside my parents house and then here goes my mom, like an hour later, going, you know, people that like they 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 frown on whiskey, whisk putting whiskey on a child's gums, but I put whiskey on all your kids' gums, and you guys turned out fine. And I, we all burst out laughing. I go, yeah, we're really thriving, mom. Look <laughs> at us, we're rock stars. Yeah, yeah, living the dream. So the the I've missed the window on the whiskeying the gums. Yeah, his first beer is going to have to be something. Yeah. It's going to have to be something to counteract this. And the key is you start planning that out now. You lay the groundwork with your wife. This is what it's going to be. I can't screw this up. I screwed up the wings. I can't screw up the beer, too. And you, you plot it now. He's, he's three. So you got, what, maybe eight, nine years to figure that out? And it's funny you say this because she and I have that dynamic. Mm-hmm. She's team flats. I'm team drums. So when we get wings, we have the perfect synergy because... Yeah. There's never a battle for, it's never like it's like, oh, well, you're going to take that one. You're really going to take, no, I eat the drums and then everything else is hers. Yeah. And if it's all drums, I laugh and go, well, you got screwed because I definitely (laughs) didn't pay extra for that because I'm cheap as hell. Guys, we're here previewing our, what is this now? Week seven. It feels like this, this season feels so fucking long. The, the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Buffalo Bills. Your time is going to be 8-15 kickoff on Thursday, the place, Ralph Wilson Stadium. The weather looks like it might not be terrible. It might be the last nice game for the season in Buffalo. Yeah, the weather actually looks promising. It's going to be in like the 50s, but not rainy, not a ton of wind. It might be nice. Mm -hmm. Chris, a late fall game, right? Can't ask for more. Can't ask for better than that. The what is the line as of today? I saw that the Bills were oh, seven Bill, and a half. Bills opened favorite. at seven and a half. They I opened at seven and a half, and I tweeted out the uh, the uh, gif of Ron Burgundy going. That's ridiculous. According to Yahoo Sports, it's up to Bills eight and a half. What over under at forty two <laughs> and a half? Oh my god! What a mess! What's happening? Is Vegas drunk? I mean, the Bucks are bad, man. They're averaging like like their leading rushers averaging like three point two yards per carry. I don't want to. I mean, hear I, about it. listen, yeah, we're, we're, we lost to a quarterback who threw three point three yards per throw. I mean, hey, I'm I'm as down on the team right now as you are. All I'm saying is I can is that I think that's what Vegas is thinking is <sighs> Buffalo is going to come in upset. It's home field. It's you know yada yada yada. They're going to try and prove a point. Meaning, meanwhile. They have no idea what's going on offensively and defensively. I mean, they can't tackle anybody downfield. They can't. I mean, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin coming to town. Good luck with those two. What are we looking at for an injury report here? What do you got? Uh, So right now, so the Monday report just came out. It was a walkthrough. Uh, Knox didn't practice. Obviously, he's having surgery, so he's going to be out. Well, yeah, let's let's uh, most people listening to this podcast don't know. They they may not know. Wrist surgery for Mm -hmm. Dawson Knox 
timeline undefined. For yeah, my, my guess is after surgery, they're going to reevaluate and decide whether or not they're going to pull Put the trigger on, on the IR. Because remember, if he has if he goes on IR now, the bye week counts. So yes. he would he would only miss three games still, mm-hmm. but he'd be out four weeks. But the other thing to keep in mind is Quentin Morris didn't practice today. He's got an ankle injury still. So okay. you're down to one tight end on the roster. We got none on the practice squad? Uh, they, I think they may have one on the practice squad, but no one of note. So, And then Bale Inspector didn't practice. He had a hamstring injury uh, during the game yesterday. So... Those are the only two that di- the only three that didn't practice were Knox, which we knew, Quentin Morris, Bale Inspector. There were a couple guys that were limited, Von Miller for rest and knee, which Thad Brown posted on Twitter earlier today that he had video looked like uh, he only got six snaps. We'll talk about this in the recap show, yeah. but his fourth his fourth play from scrimmage, he got his hand on Mac, almost brought him down, got up and was limping. Patriots went fast, didn't give them the opportunity to sub. He played two more snaps, and then you never saw him the rest of the game. That was midway through the second quarter. So Miller rested. Um, Oliver and Phillips were both limited. So big, I mean, that's big news for Oliver, the fact that he was limited and not did not practice today. It's also big news for Phillips because now if you're hurt and you're limited – like what else do we have? Yeah, and and, and, and Phillips is a back too. It's not like it's something you can tape up or shoot up. I mean, he's you know back a back injury is not great for a three hundred pound defensive lineman. Who's, I mean, you know, the good news is that it's not all it's not all sunshine and rainbows for the Buccaneers. Vita Va being a being a non participant. You, you came so close on that one. Vita Vea. Vita Vea. 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 <laughs> We're only three. four. I was going to say, you're only, you're only three in so far. But I've already opened another one because I forgot <laughs> I had one open. Guys, we've hit the skids and we're early. This whole The whole team sending everybody into a tailspin. Players, coaches, fans, everyone's in a tailspin after that game on Sunday. We're... And I didn't, and here's the worst part. I couldn't ride the lightning because I'm at home with my children. Yeah, that's, so yeah. now I'm in here and it's game time. So with that in mind, Chase, first of all, Matt Filer with a knee injury is interesting. Yeah. Starting guard, probably. Chris Godwin not participating with a neck injury. Mm-hmm. They just activated Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Chase so Edmonds. he might be back Thursday, which would be a big well, he was a full addition to that. practice. Yeah. So if he is Chase Edmonds, I guess, but that's what the Dolphins thought when they signed him in free agency that he was going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I mean, again, your leading rusher is Rashad White, who's averaging 3.2 yards per carry. So it's kind of like. Can Chase Edmonds be worse in that situation? Baker Mayfield has a knee injury and did not participate. Okay. Mm-hmm. The groin injury. I remember that's Kyle Trask is his oh, backup. So, Which would be hilarious. And I think the God, like they have some dysfunction here too, especially offensively is what I'm concerned about. Because you're already a team that doesn't score points. You're talking about a team that I'm looking at their last couple games. They've scored Less than twelve, three times. Uh, less than fourteen points, three times in the last four games. Yep. So with that in mind, Chris, you asked me a question when I first walked in here today. I don't even remember what it was. You asked. You're like, oh, we played the we, Tampa Bay. You're like, do you know what our all time record is against Tampa Bay? And I was like, fuck no. Why would I know that? Oh, it's four and eight. We are four and eight against Tampa Bay. Can you name some of the quarterbacks we've lost to as a part of that? I mean, the 
murderers row of quarterbacks that they've had. I mean, Rob Johnson's got to be on that list, right? They're a team that has cycled through quarterbacks. Brad Johnson's got to be on that list, I would think, right? Who are there? Like, like when you think about Ring of Honor level of players, who do they have that qualifies? I mean, they're so bad, it's got to be Brady in two seasons, So Brady's... (laughs) Like, Chris, even though his jersey... This raises an interesting question. Can you retire a guy's jersey twice? Like, can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers retire number 12 and put Tom Brady on their wall of fame? Chris, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I would do it. <laughs> you you would put Tom Brady on your... Yeah. Like, if he showed up here tomorrow and won the Bills a Super Bowl this year... Josh Allen goes down with an injury, and Tom Brady comes off the couch and leads the Bills to a Super Bowl. You're putting him on the Wall of Fame? Whoever wins a Super Bowl for the Bills yeah, is, is going on the Wall of Fame. So you're putting a statue <laughs> up there? Well, Brady, they, they won one without before Brady, right? Yes. So like, it's not like the lone Super yeah. Bowl in their, in their history books. So, But I honestly cannot – I mean, everybody knows Brad Johnson, right? I but, feel like Shane Gillis – Chris, pull up some Mike Allstott highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Allstott, who had like fewer than fifteen hundred yards total rushing in his career. Yeah, like, but man, when he did, mm-hmm. holy sh! It's well, cra- un- unfortunately, uh, Brad Johnson is not a quarterback that we lost to. Brad Johnson is not a Rob Johnson. No, no Brad, Brad Johnson. Johnson. Brad Johnson. Okay, so pull up the chart here. You you have it now in the separate tab. Yeah, do you know? Do you want to take a guess? Well, here's what I know: at some quarterbacks we lost to. We talked about it. We lost to Napoleon Dynamite. The uh, what's his name? Oh, um, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. They, yeah. I, I, I was pumping that, that long neck son of a bitch. I was pumping gas, and my girlfriend at the time rolled down my car window, like by hand. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, she was just grabbed like, it with two fingers and forced it down. She's like. The Bills are losing. And I go, no, the game literally just started. She goes, no, they're losing 7 nothing. An 80-yard very first play of the game touchdown run just set the game. I was like, oh, well, then you know what? We don't have to watch this. Let's go to the bar instead. Let's just go to another bar that doesn't have football and just get drunk because today's not going to go well. <laughs> Who else? Um, I remember we beat uh, What's-His-Face. Uh, the guy who stole crab legs. Jameis. Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Famous he Jameis. beat him in one of the... Cra- like, that was a wild game mm-hmm. for the Buffalo yeah. Bills. This will only this will be the seventh time since 2000 that we played the Bucks. Quick aside, is it wild to you that last night was the first time that the Eagles and Dolphins had ever faced each other? Wait, what? I feel like somebody said that before. No, uh, no maybe it was the, the Jets beat the Eagles for the first time ever. I feel like I saw something that said that it was the first time that they had ever played maybe no. during the season in, or something. Maybe I don't in know. Philly? Yeah, maybe it was in Philly. I don't know. Because we don't, we don't see the NFC that often. Every four years. Yeah. All right? So, yeah. Well, it used to be not that back but in, So it could have back, been the way the schedule worked out. They'd never had to go to Philly. Yeah, maybe they never went to Philly. Maybe that's what it was. So how about, like, how about this? We beat Tampa Bay in 1991. We didn't play them again till 2000. Yeah. I remember that so 1991 win because it was part of the Super Bowl highlight VHS yeah. that uh, Sports Illustrated used to sell, and they were wearing those stupid creamsicle jerseys, and I think Testaverde was still their quarterback, right? 
Uh, and we, I believe, tested Birdie, murdered him. Not really. Like, it was seventeen to ten. Yeah, but it, when you watch the game tape and you go back and watch how it happened, Kelly it, was twenty thirty five three twenty two. They did have Chris uh, Benny Tessaverdi, 3 of 10, 48 yards. Either went out with an injury yeah. and was replaced uh, by Chris Chandler. Yeah. So what happened was when you get to that point of the highlight video, when they're playing like music you can skip to behind a game recap, you know it went well. Yeah. They made a joke out of it. Was like a, it was like a four touchdown. <laughs> like, even, a, like a four score margin even though the game was close they're like nah look at how hilarious this was oh <laughs> we just beat the hell out of these guys physically and mentally how so, about the two quarterbacks other than like since 2000 I don't have it you ready hit me with it Brian Gracie and Sean King Sean King, Sean King. remember Sean King S-H-A-U-N King. 10 of 18, 106 yards, no tutties. Beast. And we lost 31. What year was that? 31 to 17. Uh, 2000. 2000. So that was still, was that still uh, Rondé Barber running the ball? Uh, Who was the leading rusher in that game? Warwick Dunn. Had Warwick Dunn, okay. Yeah, that was Dunn, Dunn's year. Because he left, because Dunn left right before the Super Bowl yeah. year, right? So. so here we are. Two franchises that have like had good like I think that's the weird thing about the Bucks now and the Bills right now. Two teams that have had historical success have also had historical just absolute belly flops. Have had recent success and also just absolutely abysmal games here in the near term. I don't know how to properly preview this. I'm not going to lie to you, guys. When we sat down last night to talk about show prep, my wife's like, oh, you're not going to get the laptop out. You're not doing anything. And I told her, uh, in fact, I remember saying it. I think the way I phrased it was that I would rather make stuffed jalapeno poppers than take a piss. <laughs> Without I would, before while washing your hands? I would rather do that than do any kind of... I, I'm not looking at a recap. I'm not looking at anything. I'm not looking at, ooh, save that. Save oh, that for me for there. later. That's why it's there. Yeah, yeah. Open, bookmark that, save it for later, because we're going to talk about that. I, I'm going to, I was like, I, I, I have no compulsion to do this. I In my group chat said, I'm not going to this game. Chris, find three friends. Oh, wait. Chris, find three friends. <laughs> I remember you texted me. You said, I'm going to go, I'm going to tailgate, I'm gonna tailgate. and I, I'm going to sell my tickets. I'm going to sit and I'm going to leave as soon as the game starts. As soon as the Beat game traffic. starts. I'm going home yeah. because I don't want to be subjected to any more. Stop the ride and let me off. <laughs> I've had enough. And then the worst part is you say that and there's a million people out there who further eyebrows and go, wow, oh, you just sound like a spoiled. Do you know what I would give to go to a game? Fuck it. Do you want to go? Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. Go? I'll sound to you for face. Chris. <laughs> yeah. How badly do you want to sit next to a bunch of strangers who aren't me? I mean, if Dan Kimball's going. If Dan Kimball's going, you'll be fine. I'll right? be fine. All right. Yeah. I'm going, but holy shit, had they be like if they pull another I'm going, but I'm not going to like it. No, but if they pull <laughs> another Giants, Chris, we left at halftime. Yeah. If they pull a like if this starts like that Giants game did, I'll be out. I'll be in the truck. By the end of the first quarter, and whenever Chris feels like wandering out, I'll leave. Well, you asked me if it was okay if we were going to leave early Thursday, and I was like, well, I made the genius move of making a 
physical therapy appointment for my back at Friday morning at 8 a.m. Holy shit, that's so, the worst So I, so I was one of those. I mean, we, we talked about this before. I was one of those going into the Giants game where I had to go to Philadelphia the next morning. Right, I was getting up, getting on the road. I had a work conference. I purposely didn't go Sunday night because they got the Bills game. We're going to go. Me going to the game, my wife's like, you know, are you going to be okay? You got to drive to Philadelphia first thing next morning. I'm like, I'm fine. It's going to be a two touchdown game at halftime. I'll scoot out of there. I'll be home. I'll be home and in bed by eleven. I remember this, and I'll be fine for the drive to Philadelphia. And boy, did that not happen at all. So delusions of grandeur about being able to leave because of a lead, versus I'm leaving because I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I want off. Yeah. Stop the ride. I would like to get off. And that's, I feel like that's where we've reached with this team, which is why coming up with a preview is so fucking hard because usually we sit here every week and we tell you all the reasons that Mac Jones can't throw the ball down the field, so there's nothing to be worried about, except when they use play action and just abuse your safeties and linebackers. And you say, okay, I thought you were better than this. You guys have reached a point as a football team where I no longer recognize what your strengths and weaknesses are. And if that's the case, how can I properly preview them? Yeah. So instead, what I want to talk about is what happens in this game if we win and what happens in this game if we lose. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to look at this through the lens of what are the consequences and what does the future look like? Because it seems crazy and it seems like the, I feel like if I were to call WGR, like some of these people still feel inclined to do for reasons I don't understand and say things that are, Chris, the guy who we, we talked about this, uh, I think a week or two ago, the person who annoys us most that calls the radio, Ryan, who's your least favorite? You. No, I mean, like, the type of... Because my thing is the guy who calls and thinks he has something poignant or original, and it's not. But the, but then the tone of voice that he delivers it in is like, I'm really making a point here. Yeah, I, I heard... I don't... I, apologies to Nate Geary, but I don't listen to GR a lot for that reason, right? Like, I try to not indulge I tune out that. every time they go to a caller. I heard on the way up to the Giants game, on the way there, somebody called in and... Tried to make the they throw to digs too much 
and everybody else would be better. I think they should spread the ball out a little bit more. And the offense would be a little bit more successful. And I looked at my father, who was right, who, who I drive. My father sit, yeah. sit shotgun. I looked at him. I said, turn it. Turn it right now or I'm going to turn this wheel into the ditch. And I'm taking us all with me because I'm not going to sit here and listen to don't throw the football. And it was funny because I made the point to my father. And then like 30 seconds later, Nate made the point on the radio where yeah. I was like, do you think that Vikings fans call in and go, you know what we should do? Throw the ball to Je- Jefferson less. We lost I think the that's game. that's the key to victory. We lost the game. Jefferson needs fewer targets. Do you think the Patriots fans back, back when were going, you know who catches the ball too much? That Randy Moss guy. <laughs> too goddamn much as they're on their way to a perfect season. <laughs> Chris, we have like there's something about this market. I, I love you guys. I think the big the big problem shit. I have the 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 callers that that bother me the most are the I have the solution guy oh, calls because I don't have the solution to things, and we're gonna talk about it in the in the recap episode. But I've got a solution. I don't know what the problem is, but I know it needs to get fixed. I, so I, like I'll leave it to the professionals at that point. But see, I'm a guy who has a lot of solutions. None of them are popular. Well, and none of them. Some, uh, most of them aren't realistic. Oh, like, I don't know. Like, I hope so and so get house get house gets broken into during the game, I, so the maybe. community can recap some of the money that they spent <laughs> <laughs> on his contract. Okay, guys, maybe that was the thing I texted in the middle of uh, the game on Sunday. Maybe just just maybe. So what I look at is I go, I don't know who this team is anymore. Yeah. They've gone out into mass pieces that they try to tell you will fit here, or they hey we have we want to we want to be robust in finding options for the slot. So we have a big slot target in Kincaid. We have Hardy, who's this shifty kind of a better version of what Isaiah McKenzie was supposed to be. Also, we have Trent Sherfield, who's a good run blocker. This should be so much more than what it is right now today, mm-hmm. and yet somehow the some of its parts is worse than each of these individual pieces on its own. And that's not supposed to happen. No. That's not how team building works. So now everything's terrible. You went out and sought out Taylor Rapp. You made him a priority free agent. Turns out his tackling is suspect. Turns out he doesn't take great angles. It turns out a lot of the things that we were told and we were sold on are not correct. You've built, you intentionally built something that is highly flawed, and this is where coaching is supposed to bridge the gap, and it doesn't. And so now, kind of like we talked about, you know, the whole recap thing, it's like I'm stuck here not being able to recognize what this football team is, what the strengths and weaknesses are. I know nothing. Yeah. What I do know is that they have to keep playing. Well, what do we have? 11 more games? Yeah. So. You guys as a unit have to figure out how you're going to approach this. One of the things I see is this concept that the Dawson Knox surgery comes at a time where we're already tired of the 12 personnel experiment. Complimentary football. I've reached a point where you could shoot that thing in the face. Find a gun and shoot complimentary football in the face. You don't have to kill it. You just have to maim it. So they walk <laughs> around and talk out of the corner of the mouth like this. Like you've seen those guys. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's complimentary football. What you need is everyone is on fire and we either live or die behind this high variance offense that we are. 
I talked about it. You actually criticized me for the idea when I was like, I'm going to talk about Jungian theory. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, he goes, no, my, yeah, yeah, I did. He goes, that's I, what people want to hear. Yeah, that's exactly what people want to hear. A guy talking about philosophy on a football podcast. And yet the feedback was positive. I think I made my point well. I think Chris did a bang-up job with the YouTube video, and I think everyone walked away with that with the understanding of you have to embrace that high-variance football or you will die. This death of, we're mediocre until the last minute, but it's not well, enough. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I've, been, I've been talking about it, and it, and it seems as though, you know, and, and you know, this isn't like toot my own horn kind of thing, but, but we've been in, in hey. chats where I've brought it up for the last, like, three weeks. It's like, it's it's chaos, Josh. Right? Yeah, like they need to figure. Need that. That's where you don't come into football games. Josh Allen's entire career. Remember when you would you would go into Peyton Manning, Tom Brady games where it was like you can't give him too much time in the pocket. He's going to kill you. Nobody has ever said you can't give Josh Allen too much time <laughs> no. in the pocket. Like that's not the game he plays. So no. these like all these people who are like, well, he needs to run the ball less, and he's like, they want balance between. Cam Newton and Peyton Manning, right? They want someone like Patrick Mahomes who's going to, when he gets the opportunity, he knows that he can beat the other teams with his legs, so he takes off. So Not this guy who's, like, afraid to do it because if defenses aren't afraid of you running the football, Josh Allen, you're not scary to these defenses. And so now the question is in the frame of what this game is, do we have what it takes to step forward with that and become right. if, if that this team was this? If this was... Two years ago, Buffalo, Brian Dable led offense. What would we call this game? This would be called a get right game, right? This would be called, we came against, you know, whatever excuses you want to use against what what we would have said about losing to that Patriots team. That's a good defense. It's Bill Belichick. He's always had Allen's number, blah, 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 right? This is the get right game. This is the game you come out. You go up two scores. If you early. have anything, if 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 you ahead are, of an away game in Cincinnati, if you are a Super Bowl contender. This is a game that you come out and you win by three possessions, and you put them away early. You step on their throats, all that, right? That's that's what we talk about. This offense, led by whatever a hurt Josh Allen, bad shoulder, whatever we want to talk about, a offensive coordinator who I don't know if he's able to call the offense he really wants to call now with his press conference today. But with this team, the question is, if they go out and they win by three possessions, does it mean anything? I don't care. Here's what's at stake. And Chris, I guess this is where we kind of look at this. I don't even want to talk about keys to victory this week. Instead, what I want to talk about is what happens if you win Versus what happens if you lose. Chris, how will you feel on Friday morning at your back appointment if the Buffalo Bills are a 4-4 four four football team having to travel to Cincinnati the following week? Uh, your well-being, first of all. Very <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of you. Did you, and then I'm going to think, did Drew go credit card? Did he pay just straight-up cash to rent this U-Haul truck? Uh I know the the internet's a wild place. You can find like how long does it take him to find Ken Dorsey's address <laughs> to where he could go to his house? 
Because you want to talk about a viral video? It's yeah. going to be me in his driveway with the U-Haul, just out there in his driveway, blowing the horn, going, "Get in!" This will be an example of Bills fans are like, "No other, fans get the stuff, <laughs> get in!" And he's going to go, "What?" I go, "No, no, just you. Your wife and kids can stay, but you, you got to fucking go. <laughs> Everything you own in the back of the truck. We're driving you to Toledo tonight." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if they're a they're a four and four football team. I mean, this season might be over. This is it. You still because you've still got, you know, you you've still got the Bengals. You've still got the Chiefs. You've still got the Jets. You've still got the Dolphins. You've still got the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Like you've still got Denver on your schedule. Who say what you want about them? Like they've seem to have turned a little bit of a corner over the last couple of weeks. They played tight games after that Miami game. Mm-hmm. They won yesterday, which is their first win of the season. Like second win. Second win. Don't I mean don't sleep on a team like Denver, especially the way your offense is playing. You still get the Chargers. Like you've got a really tough schedule. And if you go to four losses before you get to the teeth of your schedule, I mean in the AFC that's it. You're you know, done. six losses may not be enough to get in as a wild card team this year. We're looking, and that's it. If you lose, the consequent like a win, and that's the, the that's the damning thing of where this coaching staff has allowed this thing to become. We're in a position where a win does nothing for me personally, right. because in my head I will go, well, yeah, you should have won yeah, this game. Go do it against a good team. And if you lose this game, another one against a suspect team where you are literally trying to give it away, mm-hmm. then I can't help you. Yeah. Then you're no longer, not only are you no longer a contender, which I, some people would argue we're already not. Mm-hmm. I would argue that you as a staff are now firmly should be. If you had an owner who genuinely cared about winning football games, you're all immediately placed in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Because you've wasted what might have been, like, the cap is cyclical. Yeah. If you're trying to do it proper, if you're not trying to Mickey Loomis this thing, right? then it's, like, it's cyclical. So you're eventually going to have to clean it up. You're going to take your lumps. Well, the problem is, is that you kicked, all the, you kicked all the money down the road one year, brought the band back, slapped in a few extra pieces where you could have been taking your medicine this year and just said, hey, we know we're done. Let's go compete in 2024. Mm-hmm. Let's go compete in 2025 when all these other teams like Kansas City have more cap space and they have things come. We chose not to do that, and yet we're going to have a subpar result. That's coaching. It's bad roster management. It's everything. Everything falls apart the second you start heading down that road of yeah. thought. If you win this football game, nothing really changes. You still don't know whether they're as good as the Bengals or not. If well, they lose this game, though, you in fit like this is like it's one of the worst situations of being as a fan, because when you lose, it's everything. And when you win, it's it carries so little gravity and weight. Yeah. I hate feeling like this. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, right, like. The conversation isn't, can you get to the playoffs? The conversation is, what do you have for Kansas City? And that that's what, two years ago, you know, that, that shootout game, that was 
you had built that team to do that, right? Get in the gun, the, the shootout, go, you know, weapon by weapon. My guy's better than your guy. Let's go out and win it. Coaching pissed it away. Yep. And now you're sitting there going, okay, you've got a GM who's trying to balance cap and talent. And you've got a head coach who's trying to balance complementary football. At a certain point, all of these teams who have gone out and won a Super Bowl, they've all gone for it at a yep. certain point. Yep. And my question is, is when is Buffalo going to go for it? When's that move going to come where they go, we're going for it, right? Like, is it now? Is it we've got 10 draft picks next year? How many holes do we have? Like, DeAndre Hopkins, go, you know, go get it kind of thing. And there's all the people that are out there that are going, wow, you know, what are you going to bring him in for? Yeah. What you're going to do is you're going to bring him in. You're going to force your offensive coordinator to throw the football. Like, throw the football. Like, like, go get a legitimate wide receiver, too, because you don't have that right now on this team, right? Like, you've got a really good young tight end who's going to be as good as any rookie tight end can be, right, beyond Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And that he's on pace to be which, one of the most productive rookie tight ends of all time. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Arthur Smith is essentially, like, if we were talking about it, I was thinking, Steve, Arthur Smith for the Falcons is Steve Fairchild 2.0. Yeah. This guy, or, or Mike Malarkey, yeah. a guy who can whiteboard you to death with all of the things he knows and his offensive genius. He just can't make it happen on a football field. These, like, he's an idiot. And he goes out and wins a football game yesterday without utilizing his two best offensive talents in, in Drake, <laughs> Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And he wins a football game and justifies it all over again. And that's it. He goes, well, I won a game. And that's, you know, and that's going back to what happens if Buffalo wins. This is what that, that's become. the mindset because if they go out and again, they go out and they win by three possessions. They go out and they light the scoreboard up. They put up 42. Kyle Allen finishes the game at the end of the fourth quarter. You're going to have the vast majority of Bills fans that go, all right, it's fixed, right? Like, we're good. Let's let's go win the next one. And then there's going to be the small contingent that go, okay, you didn't beat anybody. You still haven't beaten anybody of any ilk this year, right? Like the Dolphins, but that loss is looking worse every time they match up against a good football team. And then what? But they're going to justify it to Pagula to say, we're back on track. We're five and three. We're one game out of the division. We're, you know, game and a half out with a head to head to play of, with Kansas city for the number one seed. Like they're going to be able to spin that. <sighs> and I, I made the point to a friend of mine who, who we were talking about, does McDermott have what it takes to make the move that has to be made? And if not, does Terry have the, the balls to make the move, which is get rid of the guy who's supposed to be making the moves. Right. And the argument is like, well, it'll be, you know, if this year's a failure, it'll be Dorsey. He'll be the fall guy. And I said, you know what Marvin Lewis was great at? Picking a fall guy. Oh, he always Every had one. year it was a different fall guy for Marvin Lewis. It's as never to why they his get over fault. the edge. Now look at the Bills history. 13 seconds. Who went? Yep. Special teams coordinator. Well, he left voluntarily. He was, no, right. no, no, no. Right. I, I, well, I have it on. But whatever the optics are, right? Like <laughs> Whatever the optics are, right? Like the optics of that is yeah. he was the fall guy for the 13 seconds of miscommunication, yada, yada. Imagine having a job in the NFL and saying I quit. Yeah. Because I know I'll be hired at a different. And, that, and then after last year, who was the fall guy? It was Leslie Frazier, right? So this year it's going to be Ken Dorsey because we didn't go out and use our quarterback effectively and this and that. And they're, and it's. At a, at a certain point, if if I'm I'm the vice president of my division at work, at a certain point, if I continue to hire people who then lose accounts for the company, 
There's only so long that's going to happen before my boss goes, well, you're the one hiring these Well, people. exactly. And at a certain point, if this gets ugly enough, people will start questioning what the organization's existence actually is. But, but, but well, there's but, no – but that, and herein lies the problem with the NFL. There's Terry Pagula is never going to get in front of a microphone no. to where he's going to have to explain what's going on with this organization. No, well, what's going to happen is you're going to start to see a uh, fracturing of what's happened with the Sabres organization. Sure. Terry Pagula showed up. Chris, you can speak to this. Terry Pagula showed up week one, said, our sole existence now from here forward is to win a Stanley Cup. We are going to be known as Hockey Heaven. We mean this. We care about it. We're going to give all the resources and everything that this team needs. Chris, since Terry Pagula took over, has this team been more disappointing or less than the Darcy Regeer regime that came before? It's more disappointing because we haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years. And you can make the argument with what Ryan was saying with the Sabres back in 05, 06. Deadline comes, you know, we got this great team. Go for it. You, you got to go for it. Get somebody at the deadline for defensive help, which in hindsight would have been helpful when we lost Jay McKee to that staff yep. infection. Yep. But we were Drew and I were discussing Ryan before you got here that it seems like the Bills are turning into the Chargers of the early aughts, where you can guarantee nine to maybe thirteen wins a season, a home playoff game, and that's it. You're not viable in to get to the title game. There's always two or three teams ahead of you. Laffer, yeah, yeah. And again, I, I that's what we're the, shaping I, up to be. I used it earlier. I used it during our one of our offseason shows. Like <laughs> it's Marvin Lewis, and so right, now like the, it's, it's just good enough to. Stave off the hangman for one more season. You get to the playoffs. That'll get us something because this is a franchise that's desperate for success. I talk to people all the time, friends of mine. And the question is, would you rather have 13 seconds that game or would you rather have the drought? And the answer to a person is 13 seconds. My answer, I'd rather have the drought. I'd rather have a, 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 a season where I walk in and go, there's no expectations. Every win is euphoric because we weren't supposed yeah, to win this football this. game. Now there's, there's, expectations. More, there's moral victories, right? Remember moral victories? Yeah. Those drought teams? Like, so we felt so, so this season we've fallen far short of expectations thus far. Everyone keep Josh keeps saying it at the podium. It's a long season, we'll figure it out. It's not a long season. You're burning daylight. You are almost halfway. You're almost halfway into a season where you guys still don't know what you are, as we talk about in our recap. You don't know what you are. You don't know what you're trying to accomplish. It doesn't seem like there's a plan or any order. This is chaos. But it's not the good chaos. And if <laughs> you want to continue doing this, go ahead and do it Thursday night. Go out there in front of the entire country and show your ass as a disorganized mess, and you will cement yourself into not just the basement of the AFC, but what you will do is you'll set off, I think, a chain reaction of things. I think that Vegas will turn on you. This is this, this, Everyone feels good because they go, well, Buffalo's still an odds-on favorite, and everyone understands they'll get it right. The tide is going to turn. Everyone thinks a divisional game somehow absolves you from looking pathetic mm-hmm. on both defense and offense for giant chunks well, of football Well, and an, an offensive explosion in the fourth quarter, yeah. You will also have cemented this idea that you cannot coach alongside the better teams in your own conference. And I almost feel like we've that kind of has already been proven. Mm-hmm. 
And now, like, if you ever wanted to start a referendum, it has to be now. And the pathetic thing about this is that we're talking about a must-win, must-show-out, must-show-up football game. And it's week eight. Yeah. Against a fucking pathetic Tampa Bay team. This is supposed to be an afterthought game. Like, coming into this year, this was an afterthought game. This was a game where... We went down the schedule predictions, and everybody who did the schedule <clears throat> prediction, you got to the Bucks game and went, one, win, next, right? Like, no analysis, no breakdown. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, next. Bring it up. And now we have to sit here and go, well, if we let Mac Jones play like that, then then what? What now? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think for, for, the, for the people who are looking at the Vegas line, if you would have... Eight and a half points? But if you would have... But listen, but if you would have told... If I would have told you, Drew... Week eight at home Thursday night football against Baker Mayfield and a three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I the Bills are only eight and a half point favorites. I would have erroneous, <laughs> erroneous on all counts. They should be double digit favorites in that football game. What is Vegas doing? Disrespecting the Bills again? Yeah, right. So everybody who's going off eight point favorites, no problem. They're going to win by a touchdown. This should be. This is a game where Buffalo should be two touchdown favorites. It's it's a mess. Of our own making. And so now the question is, like, this is the El Pacino speech. Like, if I can close this show out, this is the El Pacino speech that you're giving to your players going, right now we're in hell. And we got to climb our way out of here. And I'm going to try to do it. You got to scratch and claw with your fingernails. And you got to try to get inches. The inches we need are everywhere around. We have to start fighting now because it's not just this win. It's not the next win. It's not a win over the Broncos. You need to get back to showing that you as a franchise know what the fuck you are. Know how to find an identity somewhere because you don't have one. And if it doesn't happen now, it will not come. That's where you are. If you win and you do it with at least a little bit of conviction, I say, okay, then maybe there's hope that you can get to your identity. If you lose, the the consequences of that are that your season is over. From my standpoint. Yeah. And everyone goes, well, it's not over because anything can happen. It's over for me personally as a fan who thought going into this year that this was a serious football team. That this was a team that wanted things or had ideas or plans for the future. Like, hey, we're going to finally do the thing. Nah, you're done now. A bunch of injuries, okay, that, then that's it. It took four injuries to derail a football team because their coaching staff had no plan, even though they have a nuclear bomb in Josh Allen that they just refused to deploy. It's... It's wild to me that we are willing as fans to resign ourselves to that. And this game is going to be very telling about what we have. Not in players. Not in roster. I don't give a shit about the linebacker versus their run blocking. I don't care now. Mm. Now this is a referendum on who are you as a coaching staff. Can you get this team ready to play from jump? Can you go out there and beat up and two-hand, over-the-back dunk on a bad football team in the NFL? Or are you a bad football team in the NFL and you'll play like it? You will play down to them again. I don't know. I don't know where the team went that was hanging 38 on people. I don't know what happened. You know, you know what my biggest fear is? is? That you're a mediocre football team. 
This is it. Because that's the worst place Do to I be. Do I want to go back to purgatory? You're not the Bears, where you're you're going to get a top five pick. And you're not going to compete for a Super Bowl if you're a middling team. You're going to wind up with, like, the 17th pick in the draft without the playoffs. This is and it. here this, we are again. This is why this game is so important, and I hate it. I hate the fact that this game is important. Chris, do we want to go around and make predictions? What do you got? Uh, Bucks cover. The Bucks Ooh. cover. That's a bull. Ooh, that's Bucks a bull. cover. Ooh, that's a bull. Ryan, you want to take them for a Seagrams? Well, I mean, because I said last week was a get-right game. And it clearly wasn't. I think the I think I still think the woes continue. Yeah, I mean this entire season they've played down to their opponents, right? I mean that's that's been the the norm lately. Um, so, I'm so see. Here's the thing: like I'm so negative in chat. Yeah. Like in our group chat mm-hmm. and stuff, I'm very negative, and I'm pretty negative on Twitter. And then I get on the shows, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to be the positive guy. Um, Why? I, I don't know. I, I don't know because I think there's a shred of me who still really wants this to be a good football team. And there's a shred of me who goes, who, there's a shred of me who goes, you know, if we can get chaos, Josh, if we can get fired up, fist pumping, flexing Josh Allen back. I, I posted, I posted a picture to another group chat and it was a four box. I think I sent it to Art mm-hmm. where it was like, this is the Josh that I want back. And it was fiery, you know, this and that. And somebody commented and they said, well, they can't win the Super Bowl either way. And I said, well, that picture in the top left, that was from the 13 seconds. The, the, mm-hmm. That Josh Allen and that offense can beat anybody in the NFL. Yep. Today, they can beat anybody in the NFL. I don't care what their defense looks like. It doesn't they matter. They can beat anybody either. in the NFL. The, pro- the problem is I, there, there's been nothing to prove that that's who this team is right now. Can they be it? Yeah, because they've done it. I've seen them. I've seen it. I, I watched I them. It. I watched a drive... This past week, where our I've watched a dr- I watched a drive this week where our wide receiver one made everyone look stupid. Our quarterback just dominated his way down the field, like he wasn't like like oh I play a different sport than yeah. the rest of you. Yeah. Where does that disappear to? What happened? We're, we're a well, yeah. So we're going to talk about this, but what I will say as far as this game goes. It's crazy to think that we've made it to a place where now our whole season hinges on a game against a dog shit football team, and we as fans don't immediately feel good about that. Fuck you as a coaching staff for making me feel this way. Yeah. This is your fault. And if you don't correct it, like, I, you're g- good job. You're building a new stadium. If you decide to stay the course here, you're going to have a really hard time filling it with a bunch of people who, what, want to celebrate mediocrity just a new drought in a different building i Bill, bills cover 23 13 so take the under okay chris let the bills cover guys right. my my prediction i'm with ryan i think they cover and i'll take that seagram's bet because you're gonna drink one of those gross fucking things that you bought <laughs> I've had two of them already. They're awful. They're, I thought I knew how bad Seagram's could get, and then it was like they went into the lab and said, how could we make this worse? <laughs> You're getting one. If it's not now, then, see, because this is it. I'm playing with house money. If, if, it, if they don't win and they don't cover, I'll be so distraught, I'll drink a case of those things to the face. That's it. And then I'll go sleep in the gutter. Meanwhile. That should be your post game from the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, 
if I'm right, if I'm right, Chris, it'll be the funniest thing that's ever happened because that thing is terrible and I want you to finally have to suffer it. I'm playing with house money here. I don't care. If I lose, I don't care. <laughs> if I'm wrong, like nothing matters. We're, we're this close. We're this close to eat at Arby's because nothing matters. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills have this week to prove that I'm somehow misguided. That's it. It's what you have left of your 2020, 2023 NFL season, which is fucking wild to say out loud. Guys, this has been fun, but we got to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Ryan Lasel. This has been your Rock Power Report. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.